and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we walk with the footsteps behind the footsteps of Noah in Parashah Noah. And uh, in, the, in Torah or these courses of uh, Rabbi Schneur Salman of Yadi, there's a very interesting discourse in which he explains that in addition to the simple meaning of the parasha Noah, as we all know it, the, the world had become very corrupt and Hashem was not happy with the, because people were very corrupt and he tried people to change and at the end they didn't change and then he asked Noah to build this ark and go in it with his family, his wife and his sons and his daughters-in-law and to take one a, a pair of each animal that existed in the world and put them in this ark and he created this big mabul, this big flood that destroyed the world and the only survivors were Noah, his family and the animals. So this is a, the simple meaning of the narrative of Noah a, in which we understand that there's cause and consequence in the world that when people uh, don't behave correctly, don't behave honorably and righteously, the world really cries and, and, and we have all these disasters. So there's also a mystical way in which we can look at this, uh, at this parasha, in which it can be interpreted with a beautiful message of hope and encouragement for those who struggle in making a, a living. Most people suffer a lot when they work, eh, the rich and the poor and everyone as well, each one on their own level, but making a living is something that really is very, it's very, um, I don't know, people suffer from it, it's, 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 it's grueling and, uh, and it threatens to interfere with the spiritual pursuits. So people are so busy making a living that they forget to connect to Hashem. So it is written uh, in, the, in, the, in the holy book of Shira Shirim, Song of Songs, written by King Solomon, that many waters would not be able to quench love and rivers would not drown it should a man give all his wealth all the wealth of his house for love it would be utterly scorned so the phrase many waters really it symbolizes all one's struggles to earn a livelihood like and the words of and and the works of worldly concerns so we see that people sometimes when they're trying to make a living they're so overwhelmed by this that uh, they feel they're drowning. Uh, they feel like they're swimming and swimming and they can't get to firm land and suddenly they lose uh, the strength they need to continue and they feel like they're drowning. Uh, and it can be so very overwhelming and a, and a person can really just like give up and let go. So here, uh, the Alter Reb explains that the danger that such worries uh, may cause a person uh, is that it, it can make them lose sight of what really is truly important in life, and uh, which is really sincere worship of God and the effort to attach oneself to Hashem. So he says here that yet there is another verse in the, in the book of Song of Songs, that reassures us that even the overwhelming floodwaters of this world cannot extinguish the innate love of a, of, of, of a soul towards his creator. 
and uh, and it says that it the the the, the verse that uh, comes after the other one it says its coals are coals of fires a mighty flame for like a flame uh, the very nature of a flame is that we'll always try to go upward. You can take a, a candle or a match and you can put it down upside down and you'll see that the flame is always trying to go higher. And if you look at the candles, um, you'll see like the, 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 the flame is flickering. It's trying to disattach itself from the wick. It's always trying to ascend. So we see here that this is the very nature of the Jewish neshama because a Jewish soul is constantly trying to go upward. We're always trying to go higher and we're yearning to break loose from the physical, uh, the physical moorings and reunite with our Father in heaven. So even all the waters of the great deluge, even all the waters of this great mabul, this great flood, would be incapable of extinguishing that fire, that love for Hashem. Because really that fire is an innate fire. It's something that is being given to us. It's hereditary. It comes from our patriarchs. It's inside of us. And no matter how hard life can get, if you look deep inside of you, you still have that love. It will never go away. Maybe you would think it, would, it went away, but in reality it's there. Uh, so the many waters which symbolize all one's struggles to earn a livelihood, yet the soul, or we have to understand that the soul originated in heaven, it was, it's an emanation of God, and before the soul descended down into this world, it was attached to its source. So we, we were basking in the, in the radiance of Hashem. It's not that we were with God, but we were basking in His radiance. It's like when you're going to the beach and you can feel the rays of the sun covering you. You're not in the sun, but you can feel that radiance of the sun. So the same way, when a soul is in the upper realms, he is basking in the radiance of Hashem. Uh, of his divine presence. So why did he have to descend to this world and, and suffer? What's the whole purpose of a Jew or any person to come into this world if he's basking in the rays of God up there and he's just attached to his source? Why would Hashem put him down in this world to suffer and to struggle, especially with, uh, with livelihood? So just as a person sometimes reveals latent, latent strengths when confronted with adversity, Hashem too sends this soul into this world so it can have an ascent. So in, the, in Hasidut it says that there is no descent without an ascent. So every time we fall down in this world is really to take us to a higher level. That's the only reason a person would descend. Some people don't get it and they just stay there. But the reality is that when a person has to suffer, has to go through a descent in his life, and in this case we're talking about the soul that is descending into this world, and it has to overcome certain challenges, the challenges are immense opportunities for this soul to be able to reach a higher level that it didn't attain before. So, you know, Jewish people, we believe in reincarnation. We believe that a soul has to come down to this world a few times to be able to complete uh, the 613 mitzvot in thought, speech, and action. It takes a long time to be able to do that. And, um, and every time a soul goes back to, to heaven, 
he should be in a higher level than the time than the first time he came into the that the last time he came into the world. So that's why we do the we do um, the Kaddish for the soul, and there's a, a, a every year there's a year side for the soul, and we pray for them and we do mitzvahs for them because in reality the whole idea is that that soul should ascend to a higher level that he previously had. So the verse in Shira Shirim reassures us that we have a real fighting chance. This is what it's telling us, is that we're not doomed. That as hard as the world can look or seem, you think you're drowning, in reality, you're not doomed. It's, it, it, there's a potential, there's a, uh, Hashem sends you the challenge, but He also sends you the strength to be able to overcome it. And the higher the, 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 the challenge, the bigger the opportunity for that soul to be able to elevate itself to a higher level. So even the seemingly overwhelming floodwaters of this world and the material concerns cannot extinguish our fiery love for Hashem. So the many waters of the flood are called the waters of Noah. And uh, the Hebrew word for Noah, it's very interesting, denotes to be, a, a, it means that it's a, tranquil, it's at peace, it's at ease. Uh, and it's something like the experience that a person uh, experiences after a hard labor. Like when you have to do hard labor, let's say you're gonna go and hike a mountain, for example, uh, and you're gonna go out up uh, the Himalayan mountain and you're, it's extraneous and it's a lot of work. Once you have reached the place you need to go, you release, it's like you let go. So this is the feeling that, that we have also when we finish working at the end of the week. And the whole week we have been for six days toiling and working very hard. When Shabbat comes, you just stop everything you're doing and then you have that release. You have that relief. And, it's, um, and the, the Hebrew word for Shabbat has the same meaning uh, as uh, that is connected to that release also. So the Targum Onkelos, which is a classic Aramaic uh, translation of the Torah, says, and he got rested on the seventh day as Venach Beyoma Shevia, using the Aramaic equivalent of Noah for the Hebrew root Shabbat. So it's, there's a connection between Noah and Shabbat. This is the type of tranquility that uh, Noah gave the world. So when a person has completed a task, his faculties are, are, are freed up, and this causes what I said before, this release and this satisfaction, and this is what happens on Shabbat. So now we can understand that the Mabul, the flood, was not an instrument of destruction. Sometimes we see in the world like calamities, like this week we're experiencing the fires in California and sometimes we see that in a certain place there was an earthquake or in another place there was a flooding or hurricanes. All these calamities really, as they look destructive to our eyes, they seem, uh, they leave destruction. Uh, people die, people lose their homes. Uh, it's horrendous, but in reality, uh, it is, it is, um, is a, it, it is a cleansing uh, opportunity. So, the, in reality, it is a destruction for the sinners of the world. Hashem has a double purpose in it. Um, 
But in reality, if Hashem wanted to destroy the world at the time of the flood, he didn't need to create a mabul. He didn't need to create a flood. He could have given them um, a virus, a disease, a, a flu, something, and people would just die. And he, wouldn't, he didn't have to create such havoc in the world. So there is a purpose in this uh, flood. Um, and the, 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 the choice of the flood waters was to purify the world, just as a mikvah purifies a person. It's interesting, the, the measurement of water for a mikvah is 40 seah, it's a, a, a Torah measurement. The mabul lasted 40 days. So, in a certain way, if we look at the, at the analogies, we can come to see that this whole mabul in which the whole world was immersed inside of these waters was really for purification, for bringing, um, for cleansing the world, to making it pure again and, get, and getting rid of all that tumah, that, all that, uh, that um, not pure part of the world. So this is why the burden of, of um, of earnings, one's livelihood may also be referred to the purifying waters of Noah. So, when a person has to go to work and he has to suffer his job, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's not making money. It can be that he has, um, his, the people that buy from him are a nuisance or the government is putting this, all these sanctions. Can be so many things that really create a lot of stress in, in people who work. Uh, in reality, the, the, the toiling in life to make a livelihood, it is, uh, it, it is drenching. This is also compared to the mikvah. It's compared to the flood because it purifies a person. So toiling in life to make a livelihood is drenching. However, this predicament and economic servitude uh, is precisely what brings a person to a loftier level. So believe it or not, a person that works uh, is a person that is elevating himself. It's an opportunity to elevate himself to a different level, to be more connected to God, more humble, more giving, more like it's a person that sits and learns all day. It's very commendable, but he doesn't have these pressures. And the, and the growth opportunity of a person that has to go out and work is, is uh, humongous. So when a person thoroughly immersed in worldly material concern sits down to, to pray, they should reflect at length during the, the, the course of prayer on the, on the manner in which God constant, constantly is renewing uh, the, to, the totality of creation. Like we're reading the book of Bereshit and, and we started last week with God created. But in reality, God, God doesn't cease to create. He's recreating the world at every instant. Like if he's not saying Margie, 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 Margie all the time, I cease to exist. Uh, your car keys, if he's not, has, he's not verbalizing them, or I'm trying to explain it in human terms, but if he's not recreating them at every instant, then your keys will disappear. So Hashem really is the only being that can create something out of nothing, ex nihilo. Uh, we, everything we create comes from something else. Like even if we make coffee, you know, the coffee comes from, the, from a tree and the tree, the seed was given by God in the, in the soil. So we don't create anything from nothing. Everything has to have something so we can create. But Hashem is constantly recreating the world 
world from nothing. And a working person, more than anyone else, has the opportunity to direct their thoughts to the incredible cre creative energy of God in the world. So when you're praying, when you have some minutes in the morning and you, and you pray, uh, hopefully more than some minutes, meditate on this concept that Hashem is constantly recreating the world and that uh, everything you have really is because he creates it for you. The, 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 the working is really us opening a, a, a vessel so the money can come because if you wouldn't work then there's no reason for you to get the money. Like there has to be something in the natural world that will elicit the, 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 the mercy of God to bring you your parnasa. So a person should meditate, meditate while praying on how even an individual blade of grass has its own masal, his own luck. And it's sustained by the king's command and not by the gardener. So you think that the gardener is the one that has made this beautiful garden. In reality, is Hashem recreating that garden that has it sustained, that has it living. The, the gardener is just there to, to create the vessel. You know, sometimes you have a plant and you have a plant in your house and you water it and you put it near the window and nevertheless it dies. You did everything right, but the plant could not survive. And sometimes you buy this plant and you're like neglected, you forget to put water on it and you don't put it in the right place and nevertheless the, the plant flourishes. And this is its masal, this is what God decrees for that plant. So this in return will reveal a fiery love for God when we ponder on this, when we reflect on this, it will elicit in us, it will awaken in us the great love we have for Hashem. And even, even if we're having hardships, we will be able to see Hashem's hand in everything. We will be able to see Ashkaha Pratis, divine intervention. And this will create a big, big spiritual uh, satisfaction while using our economic struggle to stay afloat and uh, as a means to achieve love of God. So when you go to work tomorrow, Think about this. Think that the work that you do is really a vehicle to, to awaken in you your love for Hashem. The Hebrew word for ark is teva, which means word also, and it refers to the words of prayer. So that brings one to rise above the over, overwhelming floodwaters. And just as a ship and an ark floats above the surface of the waters, no matter how deep the ocean is, the higher the waters, the higher that boat will be afloat. So remember this, prayer goes connected with work. If you work and you don't pray, I'm sorry, you, you got it all wrong, you're losing the point, you're missing the point, it goes together. And, uh, and the words of prayer really are that ark that shelters us and, 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 and takes care of us and allows us to be connected to our Creator and understand the whole purpose of, job, of, of working, of earning a living. And the, and the more connected you are, the higher that ship will be. And no matter how much water you have around you, you'll always be afloat. So I want to wish you a blessed week, a Rosh Chodesh Tov. This is a week we begin the new month of Heshvan. And uh, remember, live a little higher. Thank you. <laughs>